Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN merch button click on that it'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that hey on the swag that i'm using it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear sports history network and my favorite podcaster the sports history network store shop there today blog talk radio Tonight, we'll go back in time to seasons past, when 22 men graced the rugged fields of yesterday, fighting for one more first down, one more yard gain, one final score that would bring victory after 60 minutes of battle on the gridiron. Tonight, we'll explore the world of gridiron rich. Welcome to gridiron rich football history and its memorabilia on the gridiron rich publishing and broadcasting network. We're in conjunction with Swift Enterprises, and we're live from the Southport, North Carolina home of Gridiron Greats Magazine. I'm Bob Swift, publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and I'll be your host for the show. Gridiron Greats is the only publication in America that focuses upon the history and memorabilia of the North American football game since its inception in 1869. We cover 150-plus years of football history and memorabilia, Find us on the web at gridirongreatsmagazine.com. It is at this time I'd like to introduce my co-host. He's a senior contributing writer to Gridiron Greats Magazine, a football memorabilia historian, specializing in pre-World War II items, in particular Red Grange, and also Seattle Seahawks items, in particular Steve Arden. He has... From Portland, Oregon, Mr. Joe Squires. Joe, welcome to the show this evening. Uh, good to be on, Bob. Good to be on. Just seems like a couple days ago we spoke. And it was, and a uh, very few very interesting responses from the last show. Uh, we'll touch base toward the end of the show uh, on a few comments on that. But I'm going to start off with, uh, you have something pretty big going on this coming weekend, I think on Saturday, and uh, fill in our audience on it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm kind of kind of nervous and starstruck about it. About uh, two years ago, um, well, we're actually right before COVID. My, my wife is on the board of a local charity here called the Ronald McDonald House that helps kids with cancer and their families and housing. Um, and an auction, a very unique auction item came up. And it was called uh, Hall of Fame Dinner, Football Hall of Fame Dinner. And it was an opportunity to have a seven-course catered, you know, meal from, a, you know, from an amazing chef uh, at someone's house in Bend, Oregon, which is in eastern Oregon here. And it included uh, six Hall of Fame, or, you know, uh, football, professional football players, three of which were Hall of Famers. Uh, so this Saturday, I am having dinner, uh, my wife and I, along with six other couples, so 14 people and five football players. And the list is Drew Bledsoe, Dan Fouts, 
Uh, Ken R- uh, Rutgers from Green Bay, he's your guy. Gary Zimmerman and Kevin Boss. Wow. Uh, I know I know Drew Bledsoe owns a winery in Eastern Oregon slash you know Eastern Washington, and I know Dan Fouts, you know went to Oregon went later on to play you know for the Chargers obviously, and uh, you know Zimmer, Gary Zimmerman also has a, a, a small uh, house in Bend is what I've been told. So uh, this this Saturday at uh, let's hear six o'clock Pacific time. I will be settling in and saying cheers with a, with a nice Oregon Pinot to uh, Dan Fouts and Drew Bledsoe. And it's wow. not like a signing where you, where you have like five seconds where they barely look up. This will be appetizers, dinner, dessert, et cetera. I mean, it'll be probably about four or five hours hanging out. Uh, and I'm nervous. I'm excited. I don't want to come off like an idiot, uh, you know, and like, oh my gosh, et cetera. Uh, I'm, I was, well, I was don't, don't, you know, kind of text, texting the group. It's like, what do I say? What do I talk about that? I don't. That's out of the ordinary. What do you think, Bob? Well, I, I, well, I think the the two nice questions that any former player likes to be asked, um, and especially, you know, you're. You grew up with a lot of those guys, so you saw them play. Uh, I know you were a big fan of Fouts. Um, I would ask them straight out, what was the biggest moment in your football career, be a college or professional? And I would also ask them, who was the best coach or who was the coach that had the biggest influence on you in your career? I think those kind of questions you'll never go wrong with, number one. But number two, and more importantly, you know, you're interested in the guys, and it'd be kind of interesting to hear what they actually come back with and what they actually say. You know what I mean? And um, you, don't be nervous. Come on, man. I mean, they're, they're normal human beings like anybody else. I heard uh, Bloodstow is a real class act, though. Uh, he, his second career with the winery, I've, I've read that, uh, about him a couple times uh, in Wine Spectator magazine with the winery. And I would, uh, one day, when if we ever can do our Washington to San Diego road trip out there, uh, I'd like to hit his winery and see if he's around type of thing. Um, but uh, I think that those would be the two biggest questions that you should ask them. That's just my opinion. What, what do you yeah. think you, you want to ask them? If anything? Oh, it's... It. Well, you know, I have a sense of humor, so I, I kind of want to lead with a sense of humor where, like Drew Bledsoe, is like, uh, you know, like, hey, I call you the Hall of Fame quarterback whisperer, you know, because you were, you know, the quarterback who got injured that led to Tom Brady, and then you went to Dallas, and you were the quarterback who got injured who led to Tony Romo. Uh, you know, I mean, it, you know, I, 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 has anyone ever made that correlation with him? Perhaps. I, I don't know, but I, mm-hmm. I want to ask him. You know, just to set the tempo, maybe get a chuckle out of it, and you, who knows? Uh, with Dan Fouts, I mean, I worshipped this guy as a kid. Uh, I'm a Seahawks fan, but to be honest, I was a, I was a, you know, a, a Chargers fan. I, I mean, I was cracking my wife up because we were talking about this to my sister, and I'm like, you know, Dan Fouts, you know, his straight back drop back. You know, most quarterbacks tilt, you know, turn, you know, turn and you know to a right angle and drop back. He's dropped straight back. You know, Kellen Winslow, right. Charlie Joyner, uh, you know, you know John Jefferson. You think about, you know, Wes Chandler later on. Think about the quarter, the, the, the core that he's had. I mean, Fred Dean, Eric Coriel. I mean, that team, uh, you know, just, I mean, I'm just, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. I just want to, you know, kind of explain to him what a huge fan I was just, you know, back in that day before all the quarterback protections and right, know, a 300 yard yard game was an average day at the office for Fouts, you know? Oh, but I, mean, I, I, I think Fouts would have, to me, Fouts is the most interesting of all the players for the simple reason. Uh, he's got a lot of history behind him. Number one, but number two, he played in a slightly different era than the other guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he, he played, like you're saying, you know, he didn't have the protection like today where, you know, a flag drops up, the, uh, somebody sneezes on a quarterback or whatever. If they look at Brady the wrong way, they get pass interference type of thing. I mean, uh, roughing the passer. So 
that's going to be an interesting perspective that he would talk about. I'm wondering, though, also if these guys got, like, prepared or um, they have, a, like, a, for lack of a better term, a script they follow as far as what they talk about, so on and so forth. And are they all going to just want to talk about football? I know Bloodstow will probably want to talk about his uh, vineyard and his wine a lot. But I'm yeah. sure, you know, obviously they got to talk point. about football. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that, that I mean, is great. That is cool. You know, Fouts spent just as much time in the broadcaster booth, too. I mean, that, that's kind of an interesting topic as well. Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm excited. Oh, I would be. I, I would be. Uh, I mean, that, that's phenomenal to, to even think about. Sitting down with these guys, uh, you know, two, two of the biggest things that, I, that uh, Brenda and I enjoy, eating out and good wine. And uh, you get that, and, and then throw in the football element. You couldn't ask for anything more. Good grief. Throwing some football guys. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't know. That is I'm, so I'm, great. I'm, 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 it's pretty cool. I mean, and what's weird is, you know, I know Fouts the best and Bledsoe second. I've never even heard of Ken, you know, Rutgers with Green Bay Packers. I mean, have you? Oh yeah, I mean, he was he was a good player for the Pack. You know, he 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 was a, a grinded out type of guy. And who are the other two guys? Zimmerman. Yeah, Gary Zimmerman from uh, uh, Vikings, Vikings from uh, Minnesota. Broncos. From Minnesota, yep. yep. His uh, '87 rookie card was a, uh, you know, was, was very sought after for a while. And then Kevin Boss, and it's listed here as New York Giants, Las Vegas Raiders, and Kansas City Chiefs. And if you played with the Vegas Raiders, that means what in the last four years? You know, you play. I plan on looking up, you know, having some clear yeah, on every player before I head over. I would definitely do that. I think the, the, the more you're educated about each player, and uh, it would be so cool for you just to be seated right next to Fouts for the night. You know what yeah. I mean? That type of thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's going to get tired of. He's going to get tired of me. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm such a well, huge you know, Chargers fan from that era. Yeah. Don't uh, you know? And again, I don't know if you know the other couples you're going with. So there could be, you know, another super charger fan there or whatever type of thing. It'd be interesting to see the, the dynamics of everyone there. But the nice well, part I find is a small amount of people. So it's very intimate. Yeah. And it's yeah. almost like a small, you know, an actual private dinner party with five former NFL players. I mean, that is cool. That, that, I, that I, I, I really like, uh, you know, that whole concept. That, that's amazing to yeah. – to, when you think about it, so. as weird as it sounds, a dinner with just Dan Fouts would be a cool night. A, a dinner with yeah. Fouts yeah. and Bledsoe would be a cool night. You know what? Let's, yeah. let's yeah. sprinkle in three other, hall, you know, uh, you know, football players. You know, Gary Zimmerman is a Hall of Fame player. I mean, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's pretty cool. And like you said, uh, I should probably buy a bottle of. Uh, Bledsoe's wine and bring it like, hey, I brought, you know, I found this at 7-Eleven, you know, which is like a convenient. I found this at a Circle K, and you know, it was on sale for $2. Oh, okay. I thought I'd bring okay. it, you know, just well, as a joke, you know, you know, about his wine. <laughs> well, no, I, what, I, what I would do is ask him to sign it. I think that'd be pretty cool. That'd, that'd be a cool one, you know, uh, have him sign the label. You, I'm sure he, oh, would, good he would enjoy it. Don't tell him where you bought it. Tell him you bought it at a wine store or whatever. Don't say you bought it at, the, you know, the local... <laughs> Gas station, uh, but you, you know, Todd Tobias wrote a book. You know, he did his uh, he did his master's thesis on the Chargers of that you know that Sid Gilman era. Right. But he he has a book called Bombs oh. Away that he sent me once. Yep. Uh, I plan on taking that book. I'm looking at mine right now. Over here. Oh no, kidding! Yep. That's really cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. I would. You know, I, again, I don't know. I, I don't know what your per- the perimeters of, uh, you know, they don't want. I mean, obviously, they are hoping the five couples are going to be, or six couples are going to be very, very uh, relaxed about the whole thing. You know, they're not going to, the guys aren't going to come with uh, 25 different cards and sign all these, you know, just your name, <laughs> you know, type of thing. You don't want to do yeah. something like that. 
or something yeah, special. Yeah, yeah. And make sure you make yeah. sure you tell them could you sign up to Joe. That would be very cool. That that would be very yeah. very cool. And if and if Ken has any uh, memorabilia there, just tell him that uh, you know yeah, I'm a you know throw out a word for me with the uh, Packer shareholder, so on and so forth. No, no. Uh, but, uh, you're, you're right. Uh, you're right. Obviously, it'd be very awkward to bring. You know, hey, here's 20 things. Can oh, you yeah. sign these? And yeah. be like, all right, yeah. let, let, you know, let's, let's tone this down a little bit. Yeah, I never even never even considered yeah. that. It was, you know, the Tobias yeah. book. I think would be about it, and a bottle of wine. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like it. I don't know. I'm just I'm excited. We're driving out on a Friday night to stay at our our place out there, and then uh, gonna head on over. Cool. It's just, uh, I'm looking forward to the picture too with everybody. You know, kind of seated around. So, yeah, you know. Well, I expect I uh, on my phone later that evening uh, <laughs> some pictures from you uh, showing you showing yeah. me the uh, fun. It'll be That's way cool. past I'm your bedtime time by then on the East Coast, but I'll I'll, I'll no, be actually, well. like I was telling I was telling you before, we uh, we leave Thursday, and uh, we are actually going on a vacation that we purchased back in November 2019. We're going into Prague, and from Prague, we're taking a river cruise to Budapest in Hungary, and we're stopping along the way in Germany, Slovakia, Austria, and uh, we're pretty excited about it, um, even though it's four years later since I bought it. Um, yeah. But uh, we, we did a Paris, uh, a French river cruise, which was incredible, back in 2019, and the same company offers several different tours, and it's a river cruise, so it's a very small boat, and it's uh, very interesting uh, to travel on it. Real nice day excursions to real good food. Very and wine. cool. Uh, we're going to hit a couple of, vi- of vineyards actually in Austria, uh, which is going to be very cool. So we're really looking forward to it. So I'm going to be discombobulated time-wise. Uh, since I'm flying out 6 o'clock on Thursday night, getting into Paris uh, at basically 2 o'clock in the morning our time, which is 8 o'clock in the morning their time, and then have a layover over there until we get to Prague. So I should be a good, uh, should be uh, pretty well uh, reset by Sunday, one way or the other. <laughs> but I'll be looking forward to your report after. Sounds ah. great. Yep, absolutely. Our special guest is here, and I'd like to introduce him. Uh, he has written for many sports websites and has the long-running Steelers Hotline as his own website. He's currently a writer for Abstract Sports website, and he's also a senior contributing writer to Good Iron Greats magazine. He was the winner of the 2001 Visa Hall of Fame Fans Award, being named the biggest Pittsburgh Steelers fan of that year. He has a plaque bearing his name placed in the Pro Football Hall of Fame to represent it. From that award came his book, Pro Football's Most Passionate Fans. He currently owns the YouTube channel, Sports History Remembered, which recalls events from the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, and more. And believe it or not, he was last on our podcast way back in 2014. A friend of the magazine and of many I'd like to welcome to the show this evening, Mr. Harvey Aronson. Hi. Thanks for coming. Thank out. you, gentlemen. And I appreciate you having me on your show. Again, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that it's been nine years since the last appearance. I was just thinking about that today, saying, my goodness, I can't really be nine years. But I'm glad to, I'm glad to I feel really you. old. That's, I, I'm feeling more and more Some old when, when I'm going back this many years. I say, holy mackerel. So, uh, but anyways, thanks for coming back on, and um, and thanks for all you do for the magazine too. You, you've written some very, very great articles, and we've got great feedback on them over the years. And and I, we've got a great national issue coming up too. And I know your article you wrote, is, and we're going to keep it keep it secret for now. But you got a great article yep. coming up in our summer issue for the national. Well, I, I appreciate all so the videos, and I, I love writing for your magazine. Thank you, thank you. It's uh, you know, it's a, it's a uh, a lot of sweat that goes into that magazine, and I think a lot of people realize, you know, we're we're not doing it for the glory, we're not doing it for uh, yeah, 
the profit. I mean, we're doing it to preserve football history and, and to help the uh, hobbies and help a lot of guys who've been forgotten about in uh, both college Absolutely. and professional football. So, lead off, Harv, I'd like to ask you, uh, if you could tell our audience how you got interested in uh, sports, football, and uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, I've been asked this question many, many times, and I always give the same answer. My love for sports, I've got to attribute to Roberto Clemente. Uh, my first love of sports was baseball, and I can still recall seeing it in my mind, 1971 World Series, Clemente at bat in the seventh game of the World Series and hit the home run and from that point on. That spurred my interest in sports, and then a year later, I began to watch the Steelers, and then became a diehard Steelers from that year, and every year since, 1972. Mm. Mm. That's great. And, and, and became my boyhood idol, and I can I'll tell you guys, I can still see myself where I was on Christmas Eve, 72, when he was killed in a plane crash. I can remember it like it was oh. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So sad, Harv. What a what a what we a legend. We normally way too soon. Yeah. Wow. And we I'll normally only like to talk about uh, we yeah, normally only like to talk about football here, but we will make an exception for Roberto Clemente, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. So that's how I became a Steelers fan, and uh, mm. Steelers fan since, and 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 back then the immaculate reception, they had the rule of blackout rule. And so if the game was not sold out, you couldn't watch it in your own town. <laughs> no. And I wow. still wow. see myself I forgot about in the that. driveway at my home uh, listening to it on the radio. That's how I had to, I had to listen to it. I couldn't see it. Oh, man. Wow. That's horrible. Uh, yeah. But my father was at the game. My father was at the game, and I remember him telling me that everybody thought the game was over, and a guy in front of him was yeah. eating a plate of chicken, and when the, the play took off, this guy threw his chicken up in the air, and of course it landed on my father. So he didn't appreciate that. <laughs> Those are good memories. That's a great shirt. Yeah, <laughs> that was in the fourth quarter. What was this guy doing eating chicken right before heading home? Come on. They said Dan Rooney. Uh, I mean Art Rooney was already in the tunnel on the way to the locker room to congratulate his players on a great season. He he didn't see the play either. Oh wow! He thought the game was over. Yeah, he thought the game was over yeah. as well. Well, Harvey, Bob mentioned your YouTube channel, Sports History Remembered. And uh, Mm -hmm. as I joked a little bit ago, you know, we're very football-centric. I've spent uh, quite a bit of time on your your YouTube channel last, you know, couple days. You cover everything. Now, you've got a video on NHL champions, you know, every NBA champion, Mm -hmm. boxing, knockouts, uh, yep. You know, heck, you get all the way down to your top 15 movies that I just finished yep. watching earlier today. That was pretty cool. Uh, it's a really cool little uh, sports-centric YouTube channel. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about that and why you started it. Well, my wife was actually the one who suggested the idea because she, you know, she follows my writing and everything, and she thought it would be a good idea to have my own YouTube channel. Um, and my interest has always been in sports history. You know, I, I don't get me wrong. I still watch current sports today. I don't have the same feeling I had for when I grew up, which was the 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. So I made that the theme of the channel. Um, I focus primarily on that era because that's when I grew up. But occasionally, as, you, as, you've know, as you've seen, Joe, I will gravitate away from those years. If I find a topic that's interesting and historic from another era, because, you know, I do I love football. Love it to death, but I'm an all-around sports fan. I've followed all different sports throughout my whole life. Uh, boxing was a big, is a, still kind of a big um, sport yeah. for me to watch, but I'm more focused now on MMA. I really fall in love with that sport. Um, but, you know, I still follow baseball, hockey. I like golf even. I like watching golf when Tiger Woods is playing. Um, so I'll cover any sport, you know, as long as there's an interesting idea for it. And so the YouTube channel uh just channels to my interest in history, sports history. I love sports history, and I thrive on that. And so, you know, I don't want to do anything current. I'd, I'd rather prefer to focus on sports history because there is so much rich history, as you guys know. Hmm. Yeah. Did you, so it looks like your first video was a welcome video from three months ago. So, I mean, you just started it about mm-hmm. three months ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm up to um, – 
actually, you know, I was warned it's going to take a while for the channel to grow. Um, but I've, I've got 17 subscribers now, and, and I started out with maybe two or three the first couple of weeks. So it is starting to grow, which is really nice. Um, and I'm not worried about the size, you know, because I just like my writing, I just enjoy doing it. And so it's not going to matter so much as the audience is me having the hobby I like, which is writing and, and speaking. That was my original goal, actually, coming out of college was to be a sports broadcaster. Obviously, that didn't work out, but, you know, writing I, I will continue to do forever. That's cool. Well, good. I, I, well, uh, I might want to check those numbers because I joined yesterday. And I've spent most of the day, you know, watching, uh, you know, watching videos on your, on your channel. It's been, it's really cool. Guys, I mean, I, I, appreciate I, I love your shout out, love your shout out to the Rocky two and three movies, you know, the way you edited it together, oh, your Raging yeah. Bull, one of your top movies. Uh-huh. It was just, it was, it was fun to watch. Yeah. And, and I mean, I said I was a big boxing fan, so Rocky is absolutely my number one movie. Those are my favorites of all time for sure. Hmm. It's interesting today, you know, um, I'm not big on the, the MMA or the UFA FA for the uh, fighting. I'm still more of a pure boxing purist, for lack of a better way of explaining it. And, um, but I hear more and more guys say they like the MMA, they like the UFA FA as far as, um, you know, that type of boxing and uh, martial arts mix, so on and so forth. So I find that interesting because, again, in sports history, we're, we're more focused on classic boxing. I don't think there's really a lot of classic boxing that takes place anymore. If, nope. um, if there's a match out there, so on and so forth, I think it's pretty watered down one way or the other. And um, you're not really seeing good fights like you saw, you know, Ali, uh, Liston Foreman, uh, Spinks, all those guys. Uh, You're not Mm -hmm. just seeing that anymore. And I think a lot of them have switched over to the other type of fighting, which, again, it's just just not appealing to me. And, again, you know, since I'm a grumpy old man now, uh, it just, like I said, doesn't do anything for me. But it's interesting. A lot of of guys, especially younger guys, really love it. It's amazing to Mm -hmm. me. Well, if you could bring back the 60s, 70s, and, and even some of the 80s in boxing, I would absolutely be watching that because growing up in that era, um, there were so many oh, yeah, fighters. Yeah. I used to be able to tell you who was who, and, and now I can hardly name one or two boxers that are fighting. Right, right, right. Same same here. Definitely same here. Totally. Tell us, uh, Harv, about abstract sports, and I know you write for them. Um, uh, give us some background on that. Okay, well, I, I discovered this, this sports website, Abstract Sports, and then I connected with the owner. His name is Kyle Richards. Um, and I asked him if I could write for him, and he welcomed me aboard, and I became a regular contributor for them. So um, Abstract Sports covers all sports, uh, an array of sports topics. And so when I have a good idea for a story on any sport, he'll post it for me. Um, so that site is kind of cool because it opens up avenues for any topic I want to cover, and he'll publish anything I write. Um, so I kind of use that one to talk about other topics outside of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And then um, what he'll do sometimes, too, is he'll take one of my stories that has a video attached to it on my channel and embed that video within the story on his site, which is really cool. Because this way now somebody can read the article but also watch the video. Um, I think he did that one with the John Elway draft that I did, the special on the 83 draft a week or two ago. Um, It was uh, on this day in sports. Every Wednesday I do a video on this day in sports, and I'll look for an event that took place hopefully in the 60s, 70s, 80s that I can focus on, and then I'll do a video uh, surrounding that one. So that day that John Elway was drafted that was celebrated this year, um, I did a little video on John Elway being drafted and the whole story behind that and how he didn't want to play uh, for Baltimore and that whole fiasco that happened. Uh, and so he published an, a story on that in his site and as well put the video in that I had done for that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a cool website. And um, I know they, they, uh, 
I'm pretty sure I follow them, and they, they follow uh, me on the Gridiron Mag Twitter account we have. And um, very, very interesting articles there. And how long have you been writing for them? Oh, my gosh. Um, I'd say it's been a while about now. Four years. About four years, maybe. Maybe even longer. Not sure. It's been a while. Okay. Hmm. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was really impressed. You, yeah, you know, Bob mentioned your Steelers fan of the year award. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan, uh, uh, you know, you know, have been for, you know, m- most of my life. And, uh, so obviously, you know, the 2005 Super Bowl that the, uh, officials kind of stole away from <laughs> Seattle is still fresh in my mind. I, I think we even <laughs> talked about that in our last show. <laughs> so no I, mean, I know you're disappointed. Yeah, I know you're disappointed that it was a Steelers trophy, uh, but I mean, hey, uh, tell us about that. What the process is? We had uh, we had uh, um, uh, a gentleman on our show a couple years ago. When the it was the top uh, fan. What, just help me with that, Bob. What was it that uh, Show Dog Ray Prisby won? It was, uh, oh, it was he the was number the, one uh, fan of all the other. Fans. Uh, it was Ford sponsored the number one um, yeah. mm-hmm. oh boy, number one fan of, of that Ford contest, and that was a nationwide contest that they were um, doing, and you had to vote on it. So it was a little different than yeah. the Visa fan. Uh, yeah, right. I, think that, I think that's that newer. That's the first uh, thing I, think I thought. Still of. Running, yeah, I think they're still running that too, guys. Because I, I researched it today, and they had they named somebody last year. So I think they're doing it on a yearly basis now. Because there was a 2022. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But um, as far as the visa goes, and before I get into that story, um, Joe, I'm sure you know Mr. And Mrs. Seahawk. You've seen Mr. them. Mr. Mrs. C. Pardon me. Yeah, they wear the. They're a husband-wife team, and they're, they're always on television. And so they oh. paint their face, and they got the, yeah. the spiked-up hair. Yeah. Yeah, I know I know them personally. So. Oh, cool. And, and, and into this award we're about to get into, that's how I actually met them. So what happened with me and cool. with them as well, um, in 1999, Charge Card Company Visa, they began a contest called Visa Hall of Fans Award. So what they did was they chose one fan from every NFL team to represent their respective team in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It was based uh-huh. on an essay they had to write as to why they should be chosen as that one lucky fan. So I submitted my essay. Um, actually, I wrote it, submitted it, and then forgot about it. And I got a call when they were getting ready to announce it from this marketing agency, and they said, you're a potential winner in the Visa Hall of Fans Award. And I said, oh, my gosh, I forgot I even entered that thing. And they said, well, we'll call you later this week and let you know who won. So that Friday of 2001, which was in, around end of November, December, they said, yeah, you're the winner. I said, what? So they said, yeah. What? I said, what happens now? They said, well, you're going to have to go to Heinz Field. Uh, we will have two tickets waiting for you, field level, goal end zone, uh, field level, first row. Um, and so they'll present a plaque to you at the 50-yard line. Um, before the game starts, wow. we got a jumbotron, and so I was like, "What? This is really super cool." So it was December ninth, two thousand one. I went down. They were playing the Jets, um, and sure enough, I got to the stadium at Heinz Field, and they came over and told me how it was going to work. And right before the game started, they came and got me, walked me out to the fifty-yard line. Cy Holzer, who was the president of PNC Bank at the time, was the one that handed the plaque off to me. Um, he did his little That's speech cool. or whatever he did, and then he handed this thing to me, and I look up, and I'm on the Jumbotron. I'm like, what? <laughs> all right, I'm on cloud nine now, uh, you know, in front of all my hometown fans, people I I know had season tickets. I'm sure were in the stands. I'm sure they saw it. Uh, and so, you know, they cheered. I waved my terrible towel. I walked back to my seat, and this big old gentleman stands up in front of me, and he says, Hello there, I'm Charles Davis. I played for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1974 and won a Super Bowl. I just wanted to congratulate you. I was like, oh, oh not. it's even better now. So Charles Davis and I took a picture together, and uh, so I thought that was the end of it. You know, I had my 15 minutes in the sun. Uh, but the next year, I was invited by previous winners to come to Canton, Ohio, to join them and other other people who won the award up to that point. 
as well as the people along with me in 2001 that won the award to celebrate having won the award and take part in the Hall of Fame festivities, festivals and the festivities for the NFL players that were being inducted that year. So what they do is they take your plaque, they put it on display in a special wing that they had called the Hall of Fans wing, and it stays on display for one year. And then the next winners will get theirs put up and ours, you know, just goes away. Um, but they actually have a Hall of Fame Day uh, parade that takes place on that Saturday at the Hall of Fame. Um, so all these fans were in the on a float in the parade. So I got to be, take part in the float, which is really neat. Um, but the um, part about it was meeting the other fans. So this award ran until 2005. But the whole the whole neat part about the process was meeting the other fans. Some of them are famous in their own right. And I know you'll know the names, but one of the first guys I met was John Big Dog Thompson from the Browns. <laughs> and, I mean, I knew who he was for years. I mean, you see him in the end zone all the time with his dog on his mask and everything. I'm like, oh, I'm staying in front yeah. of him. Super nice guy. Super nice guy. It was so much fun. And then there was um, Tim, they called him Barrel Man, McKernan. Uh, and you may have seen him out in Denver. Uh, so I got to meet Tim, unfortunately, and sadly, he passed away uh, a few years after I met him. But at least I got the opportunity to meet him because he's a really, really down-to-earth guy. But I asked him, I said, so what's, what's with the barrel? He said he took a bet from a friend that they dared him to go into my house stadium wearing a barrel, a pair of boots, and a cowboy hat, and nothing else. So he took the challenge. <laughs> painted up this barrel with the Denver Broncos orange barrel and went in there and he was such a hit that the Denver Broncos asked him to come back every game and you have a season ticket. You can come in every game just as long as you're wearing the barrel, the boots and the hat. And uh, he became very famous after that. So this is a big social thing. I mean, you got to meet the other, you know, the, the other, uh, you know, top fans from the other teams. Uh, and in kind of a, a gathering, a, you know, kind of a, a Highlander-esque gathering, you know, you know, at the Hall of Fame. And then they, they had your plaque up and it, mm-hmm. for, for a year, and then next year's winner, you know, gets you know gets their plaque, and then they give you your plaque, crap, uh, correct? Well, I don't know what happened to the plaque that was in the hall because they give you one in Heinz Field and you keep that, or I kept that one. Uh, what became of the one in the Hall of Fame, I have no idea. But, uh, yeah, that that was the best part, though, meeting all these other fans because, you know, you see these games where opposing fans are fighting and they're fisticuffs and they're arguing, screaming at These people, all we did was hang out, party together, and just had a great time. No arguments, just having fun and talking football. Um, it was it was awesome. And, I mean, there's so many fans. I felt intimidated because some of these fans are so famous. And I was like, little old me hanging out with – Barrel Man and Big Dog and um, Big Nasty from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You may have seen him on television with a big horn on his helmet was up there. And there was a a guy named um, Birdman from Philadelphia uh, hung out with him. So it was really neat to be in that kind of crowd. Was was the fireman from the Jets there? I forgot. He did not come. Do you remember? Actually, I I think he did come to one ceremony. Now, we're uh, we're going to talk about the book here in a few minutes, but he he was in my book, uh, Fireman Ed. Um, right. And, yeah, I believe he might have been in one. I only went to two reunions, but I think he may have been at one of them, if I remember correctly. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I, I met him at um, one, of, one of the uh, – I was at a uh, Jets-Packers game, and uh, he had set up shop call set up shop he was in the parking lot after and I, I went up and I was talking to him I had my Bart Starr mm-hmm. jersey on it he was cool about the whole thing I mean I really got my yeah. I really got him busted on me you know trying to walk back to the car when we were going back but uh he was really nice to me and I, I had talked to him about a few things but he was cool he was cool to uh talk to where's your uh where's your 2001 visa hall of fame fan award now I mean, they gave, they gave it back to you when the new person was brought in, I would, I would Yeah, well, the one that stays at the hall, whatever the hall did with it, I'm not sure. Oh, Mine, gotcha. of course, is stored away here. But um, I know when they ended it in 2005, there was a lot of fans disappointed 
that they were ending it and they took away the Hall of Fans wing. Uh, so it no longer exists. Um, and there was uh, a rally to try to keep, get them to keep it. Because obviously without, without fans, you don't have a game. I mean, as simple as that. And I think the fans, this was a great thing because the fans should be honored. I mean, they're a big makeup of any sport, especially. Exactly. Exactly. That's for sure. I wonder if you contacted the Hall of Fame and just asked them, is, is your plaque still there? You'd like to buy it from them or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I can, I can almost guarantee you it's in a storage room somewhere in Canton or a storage, well, a storage facility. Here's the other thing. Um, so when I went up there, all these fans created their own organization. It's called Professional Football Ultimate Fans Association. Um, and so they're still in existence. They still gather every year at the Hall of Fame. But what had happened was when Visa dropped the ball and said, we're not going to do it anymore, they took it upon themselves to go out and seek their own number one fan for the year. So they're doing their own thing now still. Um, and when I – we're about to talk about the book, but when I brought up the idea of the book, they wanted nothing to do with it because it wasn't going to include – any of their fans. My book, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, was only about the people that right, won it right. from the time that they ran it to the time they ended it. Wow. That's amazing. So when you, when you take all your writing together and you, and you look at this uh, Fan of the Year Award and your book from it, do you have any stories of people that you may have interviewed over the years uh, from any of your articles or your books that you could share with the audience, with our audience as far as uh, that really stood out? That really, you know, as a writer, I, I, know, I know when I hit upon somebody and it's just a golden interview or if it's a, it's a golden collection I'm looking at or the perfect collection type of thing, it just blows my mind to that I'm talking to them, you know what I mean? So have you had any of the uh, experiences with, with that over the years? Yeah, unfortunately, in writing, I've never had the opportunity to actually interview a professional athlete for any of my articles that I've written. Um, but, uh, you know, as you guys know, I wrote the book Pro Football's Most Passionate Fans, and that was based off this Visa Hall of Fans Award. Um, and so if you look at the book, each fan in the book, I interviewed them and, you know, I, I got them to assist in building a profile of themselves and rewrote that. And so I know each of them all, all personally, and, and they're a great group of people. I mean, and we dedicated the book to Barrowman because um, by the time I got to writing the book and getting it published, he uh, unfortunately passed and, and, and it was not expected. Um, so I spoke to his wife and she – helped me write the foreword to the book, which is dedicated to him. Because if you got to know Tim McCarran and Barrowman, just a great, great individual. He's such a nice guy. And so it was an, a no-brainer to dedicate the book to him. And there are several other fans that had also passed that are in the book. Um, but, you know, so I, I interviewed each one of these fans and got their stories. Um, and, and a lot of them, as we said before, they're, they're, some of them are worldwide known. I mean, and they're all popular in their own respective, uh, their respective NFL cities and famous in their own right. So, you know, I got to know all of them. But, I, you know, I have met some players and spoken to them, just never in an article type of, of atmosphere, but, um, you know, at training camp and autograph signings. Um, so, you know, I've met up with Dermani Dawson. I've had a picture taken with him. And of course, we mentioned Charles Davis. I've met LeVon Kirkland. I had a picture taken with him. Um, I went to a baseball card show one time, and Moose Scourman was signing autographs, so that was kind of cool um, because I had heard him. I knew who he was, so that that was kind of neat. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of my articles are just basically research-based, but I would love to have an opportunity to, to, to interview somebody at some point, and maybe that will happen. I was, uh, Harvard, I was talking about your, your, your YouTube video that I, uh, frequented over the, uh, over the weekend and today. Tell us, you know, tell our viewers how, pe you know, where people can find that. And you have a book that came out, uh, you know, where, where can we find that? Okay. So pro football's most passionate fans. Um, and I've lost touch with the organization, but initially, um, and I was trying to check today to see if it's still selling and all, but, um, initially we were, and it says it on the book, we were dedicating any proceeds to a, a cancer foundation for kids. 
Um, but over the years, you know, it's been so long, uh, we just lost touch with that. And, I, you know, the company that published the book didn't really keep up with me on, on sales. So I don't know how well it's going. But it is available still. I mean, it's still out there. I was looking at it today, and it's on a million sites. I, I couldn't believe how many sites I was finding my book on. <laughs> like, how does it even end up on these other sites? Somewhere in a, a overseas in a foreign language. I was like, wow, now that's weird. Um, but primarily it's on Amazon.com, and you can go to Barnes & Noble. If you just Google it and then go to shopping or something like that, you'll, you'll find it. Um, so it's still out there. Um, as far as the channel goes, of course, we talked about how it got created. Uh, if you go to YouTube and you just yeah. type in sports history, remember, it's going to come up as the only one. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's out there, and it's the only one named that. Um, it's an easy find. Um, and I, at first when I started creating the channel, I was saying to myself, well, how am I going to come up with enough topics? But it seems like every day I'm coming up with some other thought of what to cover. <laughs> and I got plenty well, of got, ideas that I still want to do. Yeah, you got all the sports so to cover. I mean, like I was saying, you've got, uh, you know, your NHL champions, NBA champions. I watched mm-hmm. a, uh, not to get off on a tangent here, but I, I, the, one of my favorite videos you did was uh, on the 1974 Steelers draft. And yep. uh, wrote an article once about you know like the you know the the football card you know set with the most Hall of Famers in it and et cetera and mm-hmm. uh, you know which draft had the most uh, Hall of Famers and stuff like that. But I loved your I loved your point uh, that 1974 yeah. Steelers draft netted five Hall of Famers: John Stallworth, yep. Lynn Swan, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Jack Lambert, Webster, you know Webster, and Donnie Shell. And I was like, yep. man, that's a good point. How the mm-hmm. hell, I mean, five Hall of Famers, that, just incredible. Talk about good drafting. Yeah, and the crazy part is Glenn Swan was the only first rounder. That's the knack of the Steelers have is that they find talent even in deeper rounds. I mean, you look at throughout the history of those 70s teams, and a lot of those players came from small schools and were drafted beyond, like, the fourth, fifth rounds. It's crazy how so many people passed them by. Um, similar to what Tom Brady went through now. I mean, look how long he lasted. It's crazy. But the Steelers have a knack for finding talent where nobody else sees these guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that set the tempo for, I mean, for for a long time. But, you know, which draft was better, that 1974 Steelers draft or 1976 Seahawks trading to Houston for Steve Largent? I mean, let's – Let's think about that. <laughs> well, they, had some other, they had some other players in that draft, too, that weren't Hall of Famers, but were definitely worthy players. I mean, you know, they had um quarterback's name. I forget his name now. I just was looking at it the other day. But there was a couple other players there that were, that were drafted that really had a little bit of an impact as backup players. So that was a, a great draft. And, uh, yeah. you know, and I did a special on this year's draft. I think the Steelers are outstanding in this year's draft. Oh my gosh, they just they got some really good, talented players. Yep, it it was interesting. I want to say like the 57, 1957 draft yielded the most Hall of Famers in NFL history, something like that. Hmm. Uh, if, if if I can remember that article, uh, you know that I wrote correctly. Mm-hmm. Well, if you guys weren't aware, yeah, the Steelers, you know they were. They originally had Johnny Unitas in their hands and let him go. They didn't think he was good enough. Yeah, that's, that's another another classic uh, bad move, move on the part of uh, the team. <laughs> good grief. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, just yeah. one point to what you're saying as far as having a lot of thoughts and ideas. And I go back to... Um, there's really no publication today that incorporates all the different sports all at once, like Sports Illustrated used to do and like Sport Mm -hmm. Magazine used to do to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. But, you Mm -hmm. know, we don't realize sometimes there are a lot of sports out there besides the big 14 sports. And Mm -hmm. soccer, which has, you know, obviously gained a lot of popularity over the past uh, 30 years at the same time, and um, it's 
It's kind of interesting to go through an old Sports Illustrated and see what the articles were on, especially with the with the more obscure sports and or like mm-hmm. golf, tennis, uh, horse racing, uh, the Olympics, auto racing, mm-hmm. and not just NASCAR racing, but, you know, Grand Prix racing, things of that nature, uh, fishing, mm-hmm. deep sea fishing and, all, and power mm-hmm. boating and all that kind of stuff. It's very interesting to read that. So you you do have for that uh, your station there, the, I'm sorry the yeah. YouTube channel. You have a lot of a lot of information you can go through mm-hmm. uh, as far as highlighting guys, something. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember the the magazine, the Sports History. I used to subscribe to that. Yep, yep. And okay. that was basically yep, yep. nothing but history on different sports. So my wife actually kidded me once and said I should start my own magazine, similar to that. And I would love to do that one day. I mean, that would be awesome, but. Um, you know, it's, it, it also goes back to the wide world of sports. They used to cover just about anything. They had all kinds of crazy right, sporting right. events on in Saturday afternoons. Um, it was a great era to grow up. Yep. <laughs> I always brag about the 70s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fantastic. Oh, for example, I mean, just so much. for example, I see bowling back on TV, which I'm very surprised. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's just where, where we are here. But I'm seeing PBA bowling again, which I find fascinating uh, wow. to watch again. And well, that was really big in the 60s and early 70s. And well, here's a good story. Whatever reason. Real, real quickly. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but I used to be part of the Stewards fan club down here. I actually ran it in Jacksonville. I was the president for a long time. So Jerome Bettis was coming to town for an autograph signing. I don't know if you guys were aware, but he's, he could be a professional bowler. He's that good. Um, I so didn't know that. Our, yeah, our venue that we had the club at had a bowling alley in it. So we got encouraged him to come over, and he agreed to come one bowl one game against one of our fans. Um, of course, he won, but it was just like one frame or something. Then he would sign autographs uh, after that. But he was deciding what fan to pick, and to this day, I'm embarrassed, but he picked one of our drunkest fans. I was like, oh, no, please. So uh, he bowled one game against this guy that was already stone drunk, and um, then he sat down and did autographs. But that was pretty cool. But, yeah, he had an average like 90 or something. I forget what, 280 or something like that. He was oh a very gosh. good bowler. Yeah, he's really, really a good bowler. Excellent. And he thought about going pro bowler once, but, of course, he chose football, which is all good for the Steelers. Wow, that's that's funny. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, what did uh, how did the uh, how did the drunk how did the drunk fan do? Uh, what was the final score? <laughs> well, when he wasn't tripping over his own feet, uh, it was embarrassing. Uh, I was like, oh, please not this guy. Um, but it was very quick. I mean, it was just one frame, and then he sat down, and did autographs, and basically he only signed for about ten minutes, too, which was kind of a disappointment. So he was rushed out of there, but. At least I got to meet him and, wow. you know, and got his autograph. So it was kind of cool. Okay. Maybe Drone maybe picked that guy, you know, so he could be guaranteed to win. Yeah, <laughs> probably. But no, Bettis is yeah. an yeah. outstanding bowler, though, for sure. Yeah. You, you mentioned right, your draft this. Oh, sorry. You mentioned your, your draft this year, uh, the Steelers draft. What was it in particular? I, I kind of followed the Seahawks draft and a little bit of the uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs, but what was the Steelers draft that you're really happy with? Well, the, the first round pick that kid out of Georgia playing offensive line is going to be a huge plus. I mean, he's going to give us some really good protection on the line, and that should help Kenny pick it out. And then the second round, they picked Joey Porter's son, which is going to be really cool. He's going to be highly popular in Pittsburgh, I'm sure. Um, and he's a That's defensive cool. back, and he's supposed to be pretty good. He's out of Penn State, um, and we need help in the secondary. So hopefully he's the real deal. Uh, then they got a couple of wide receivers, some good linebackers. Uh, it, it was just overall they covered all bases. Uh, I think they're going to come back strong. And the cool thing about it is they were in such a threat last year to end Mike Tomlin's streak of winning seasons. And I really thought when they were 3-7, and seven, this is going to be it. This is going to be his first losing season ever. And they turned it around and ended up with nine and eight records. But I think that was it. That was as close as he's going to come because I think this year's team is going to be way better than last year's. Good deal. I like it. It'll be interesting to see what happens. 
Wow. I have any final yeah. thoughts? We're, we're getting close to well, our other than that, show here. Yeah. Um, I just want to take, take the opportunity to thank you guys for having me on your show once again and being able to chat with you, Joe, and it's always a pleasure. I must really say Thank you. I do really enjoy writing for Gridiron Greats. And, Bob, I hope you never let me go, man, because I'll keep writing for you as long as you want me to. Uh, it's a fantastic magazine, and it's an honor that you've given me the opportunity to write for you on many football topics. And anything you request, I will always comply with you. Whatever you want written, I'll do it. Um, I look forward to writing the next article. I know we have one in the hopper, so that's going to be coming. But after that, um, you know, I'll be ready for the next one. And, perhaps join you again one day on the show again. I'd love to be back on if you want me on. Oh, that's cool. Sounds great. And I appreciate everything you do for the magazine, Herb. It is is definitely appreciated. And uh, we get a lot of nice compliments of of your articles. And we we do have a lot of Steeler fans that that read the magazine, too. So that also uh, adds to uh, what you're writing and, and, and makes it, you know, People look forward to it. People, people want to read about their favorite team. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I can't write 32 different articles on 32 different teams, but we're pretty steady as far right. as what we know our, our, our audience likes and, and what, they, what they really look forward to. So, Harvey, well, I you appreciate know, it. You know, Bob, I don't, and, uh, I don't I, always have to stick to the Steelers, you know, Bob. You can, if you need something else aside from the Steelers, just ask away, man. I'll do it. It doesn't have to be Steelers. I appreciate it, and I, I know I can count on you. So uh, I'll see what what obscure topic I could come up with for the fall issue. No, no, I'm only. Kidding. I love a challenge. <laughs> I love a challenge. <laughs> All right, thanks for being on, Herb. I appreciate it. Absolutely, you guys right take on. care of yourself. Thanks, Herb. Thank you. All right, we're winding down. Uh, if you're not a subscriber to Gridiron Greats Magazine, please check out our website, gridirongreatsmagazine.com. Going into our two-minute warning, and Joe, I'm going to hand off to you. What'd you pick up on tonight's show? A great guest. Uh, despite being a Steeler fan, still a great guest. Uh, I, I remember. I, I, I think I did a Joe quiz when we had Harvon originally that was talking about terrible towel or you know or, or you know or uh, you know twelfth man fan. I mean, I, I as I was you know reading up on him, I was uh, kind of laughing. I'm like, okay, I remember having Harvon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's cool. His his uh, book, the the fan book, was really interesting. I know I I, I looked at it real quick again yesterday, uh, reviewing some stuff and remembering. And Hart's written for quite a while for the magazine, so um, very interesting. He's got he's got a, a a nice style that I know a lot of readers enjoy. And, and again, he, he is uh, uh, has literally an encyclopedic knowledge of the Steelers, so it's, it's cool. Mm. And he's into all sports, so that even, makes it even more interesting to me uh, because we, we sadly become specialists in everything. But, uh, you know, I still on occasion enjoy watching another sport or whatever uh, type of thing, and uh, a lot of other people do, even though I uh, am known and do concentrate only on football. Real quick, uh, you probably did, didn't see any. Did you watch any of the XFL championship game by any chance? I did not. I, I, I actually okay. did not. I, uh, I, I meant to kind of hunker down. I heard you talking about, or I, uh, you, you were talking about one, or I think writing about it on VFC, and, uh, and I meant yeah, to grab yeah. a game. I just never got it. Yeah. I, I, uh, it was a very, very good game. Uh, was well played. I, I really I enjoyed the XFL this year. I thought that it was a it was a good brand of football. Uh, a lot of guys hungry to play. You know they want to play. They were doing good. I, I enjoyed the league. The USFL still doesn't have it for me. They're still too. Um, I don't know what a what a good term. It's still too. Um, I don't know. It's it's like uh, a clean product type of thing. It's not it's not overly natural. The play flow is just isn't there for me. Uh, so, but again, you know, they're they're controlled by TV money, so they're going to be around for for quite a while. Hmm. All right, we're gonna we've got about thirty seconds. Any any more thoughts, Phil? Ah, uh, all right. Well, thank you for the ideas for what to talk about at the Hall of Fame dinner. I will obviously 
send our uh, our group text chat a, a picture. And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, pretty excited. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to hearing what happens and, and your experience. You should have a great time. I want you to have a great time there. That's a once-in-a-lifetime deal, so that, that's cool. Yeah. All right, we won't be back until June for several shows we're lining up at this time. Until then, uh, everybody have a great Memorial Day, and we will talk in June. Thanks for listening. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.